How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Zoobcast. This is a big Zoobcast episode for a few reasons. Okay, first, uh, I'm sure as a dedicated listener, you saw Louis' excellent video that he posted yes. on the on the Zoobcast Twitter, which I'm sure he took hours of grueling activity to what complete. What an atrocity. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> the excellent uh, decision video with, uh, with the How I Met Your Mother. We, we are on Discord today. We're recording this on Discord. We have a bot who is a bear called Craig who is recording right now. So everyone say, great job, Craig. He's, uh, he's doing his best. And, Saving uh, our, our lives from Zoom, thank God. Yeah, Zoom was, was getting unbearable. We don't, yeah, we don't like Zoom. Boo, boo, Zoom. Um, hey, you know what? You know what? I will say, though, 70 plus episodes on Zoom. Yeah. We, we made it far. It with, did the job. With it, it, it would despite like, them. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I have mixed emotions towards Zoom. Like, Zoom, Zoom got us off the ground. I'll always be grateful for Zoom. But man, they yeah. ran their course. <laughs> like, they're, they ran their course, and it's Discord era. So we're in Discord. Uh, here with Josh and Louie today. Um, we are doing... We, we like to do a lot of awards on this show, but we're going to do, like, actual ones today. Uh, this is the Zoobcast NHL Awards ballot episode. So we have... How many is this? Seven awards. And each of us have made... Uh, picked our top five ballots for this award. The top five players for each award. We're going to debate and talk about them. Um, so before we get into that, we should talk about things that have happened technically in the NHL. Uh, I think we were talking Can about this off script. We, yeah, we, we just witnessed like the worst second round in the history of the league, maybe. <laughs> it was like, it was just so brutal. Um, for let's yeah. to, to put it in, you know, to really sum it up, that Carolina Devils series, oh my God, what an atrocity of hockey that was. What was it? It was like 6-1, 8-4, 6-1, it was just like the worst, and it ended in what? Like New Jersey got a game and ended in five. It ended series. in a delay of game power yeah. play goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Know, yeah. Of all uh, things. Happy Elimination Leafs Day to all that celebrate because they... Yeah, that's true. I, you it, know, could like, have, it could have been the wor- truly the worst second round of all time if the Leafs had won. But yeah, I guess right. the they important part happened. Yeah, I didn't really think it would be possible, but when you know when they won that first round, I was like, ah, damn, that sucks. Like the biggest, the best joke in the last twenty years is done. Like we don't have that anymore. But man, the way they lost, it's almost better. It's almost funnier how they did it. Like they, they, if If they they had had gotten gotten swept, swept, yeah, if they had gotten swept, man, it would have been unreal. But we'll take. I will gladly take a five-game loss to the Florida Panthers, who are going to have to play Carolina and probably get smoked in the Eastern Conference Final. And then on the West, it is Dallas. So the Dallas-Seattle series, I guess, was the best series because it went seven games, right? Like, if you had to call it. But the start was just like the New Jersey-Carolina series where they were just trading massacres. It's like... Yeah. It kind of evened out It just wasn't entertaining until the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it gets best series for life. Listen, Eberle almost had a chance to tie it there with like no time left. Like he just the the puck just went by a little too quickly and he couldn't couldn't quite get it. But it, yeah. hey, it was almost pretty pretty cool. Wyatt Johnston becoming the youngest game seven yeah. game winning goal scorer of all time after turning twenty just like the day before. We're recording this on Tuesday, so we ended up turning twenty on the Sunday. Game happened yesterday on the Monday, and then Pete DeBoer coming for. Justin Williams' title of Mr. Game 7. He's, he might as well be yeah, coach Game coach. 7 now because he's 7-0. and Unreal. 7-0. and He's the anti-Doc Rivers for any oh, NBA fans there. That's uh, not his fault. Look, that's not his fault. Look at, why not? you know, everyone... Well, for last game... Embiid. And it, didn't Harden. James Harden get zero points in the last three fourth quarters of the series? Yeah, he did, I think. It was and, like, Embiid and Harden combined to shoot under 30%. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, give me a, like, that's very Philly. I could have I could have coached a team to a better finish than that because I just tell my guys to you know hit the inside of the rim, basically <laughs> like inside the basket. Old move. Are, we are not a basketball podcast, nor have we ever claimed to be a basketball podcast. Tell? But Raptors have a one percent chance to win the draft lottery tonight, by the way. So hopefully that happens. Which they will. Uh, I was saying to I was saying to a friend like if they win it, if they win their one percent chance they get Wembanyama, I'll start watching every single game. Yep. Otherwise, I I agree. I'll get. I'll keep only watching yep. the playoffs. Same. That's that's your your minutely NBA talk for the first seventy two episodes of this podcast. By the way, it's probably not going to happen again. So I hope you cherished it. What was the other series? Oh yeah, Vegas beat Edmonton. I guess. And uh, and Edmonton. Yeah, Nobody wants I was to see Vegas trying to break was... the the playoff goal record. Yeah. That was literally the worst outcome too. Because at least a Vegas one, it would have been cool to see Vegas Seattle, the two expansion teams. Yeah, like yeah. Vegas, Dallas. Friggin That's Dallas, the worst man. of the four possibilities. Yeah, it is. It's a rematch from three years ago. It is, but <laughs> whatever. Snooze. Snooze. I won't watch a single game. I, I think I'm done watching the playoffs. I'm at that point in the playoffs where there's no good <laughs> enough matchups. Yeah. Like, if it's I on, might... I'll throw it on. I'm going to watch a Jays game before I watch a playoff game. So, so what is oh, the most? Fair. What's the what's the best possible finals? Who's left again? Not want Vegas in it. Like the three teams that are left, I like, don't really like. They're meh. Like I don't hate them. It's interesting. Whatever. But Vegas, Dallas, I don't like. Yeah, Dallas, I know. I don't like better. Vegas either. Carolina. Who yeah. wants to watch Carolina in the Cup Finals? I'm sorry, nobody. Yeah, I honestly, I'm cheering for Florida. I think in the East. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, plus considering... Florida hasn't won a cup, right? So no, they've won a Cup Final like a while ago. I think they were at they're in one, and they lost, right yeah. to Colorado. Um, 96 yeah 96 so i think yeah i think i think florida vegas would be fun and in florida wins because you're right like i don't like vegas but i would rather see vegas than dallas in the cup final. i want to see um aiden hill carrying them to cup final (laughs) i hope jonathan quick gets in there just just to just to have that would be cool you know what (laughs) yeah that He's either putting funny. up an 850 or a 950. So yeah, <laughs> I think Quick versus Sergey Bobrovsky final. Who would have thunk? Oh, it'd be funny. It would be funny. I would be. I that. I think that's best case in my opinion. Anyway, we'll that, that's no the only condition about. that I'll allow Vegas to move on for. Yeah, for no them. one wants to talk about these playoffs anymore because they're they're in shambles. So let's go, let's go, totally man. Agree. Let's do it. So we have the Zoopcast NHL awards ballot. Uh, essentially. We, we have done, well, some of us have done our research for our picks, and some of us have just picked. <laughs> Can I say? The, the idea, yeah. Okay, so first of all, the idea for doing this came out because during exams uh, last month, so maybe, I guess this was like later during exams, I started procrastinating yeah. by deciding to do what my ballots would look like if I had, you know, ballots for the NHL awards. So instead of studying for exams, I decided to do that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm pretty happy with these. I'm going to force the guys to do it too. So here we are. <laughs> That's basically what that led to. And honestly, I yeah. think we all, I think we were going to be able to see the results soon, but I think we did all did a pretty good job, I will say. Yeah. There were some outliers mostly coming from me, but I think overall. A lot of like, unanimous. Yeah. A lot. There was some consent. Like we had, like Louis was showing us or a little earlier, like there was a lot of consensus number ones in a couple of these. So. We were somewhat on the same page, but there's going to be some variety. So we will see how we did. So let's get into it. You want to just go down uh, the sheet, like left to right, what we have here? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good okay. idea. So uh, the NHL's Hart Trophy is awarded. So the, the criteria for this award is most valuable to his team. I don't know how much you guys put that put stock into the wording there for this award, Um but uh, either way, we'll we'll get we'll get into this, and you can you can defend your case. Yeah. Uh, so let's right off the bat, we all had McDavid as the winner, like unanimously. That would have been really weird if we didn't. <laughs> he got 152 points. He's the best player. We can all agree. Uh, second place. So for Lewis, you had Eric Carlson second. I had yes. Matthew Kachuk second, and Josh had David Pasternak second. So so where where do we where do we stand on this? team i think david Pasternak was second that's where i stand <laughs> well, our so, final ranking was okay. kachuk by the way at second 
Yeah, so you can go ahead and explain the point system, buddy. Yeah, go on, Lewis. Yeah, you'll so, so the way the way it works for for the ballots basically is obviously everyone submits their top five, and the way the points are allotted is the the first place from someone's ballot gets ten, then second seven, so you move down, so it goes ten, seven, five, three, one. So if someone with again three of us maximum amount of points you can get is thirty. So if someone gets all first places, you get 30. So basically what ended up happening here for us was uh, the, our, nom- our basically our nominees would have been, because the, as the NHL does, they reveal the top three and then the, uh, the eventual winner at the NHL Awards. So our nominees would have been uh, Connor McDavid, Matthew Kachuk, and Eric Carlson. And the evident order. winner, as Adam said, was McDavid. I those are so, those are the only three guys we all had on our ballots, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is a the, that is a very good point. Yeah. So, um, basically, I ended up putting Carlson at two on my ballot, and I know that's going to seem fairly high, um, but that's just because of the way I view the whole valuable to his team thing. Because I just find that whole part of the award. I know that's like in the official description of the of the title but it's hard to really quantify what that means because if you look at a player on a poor team and say oh he was really good but his team didn't end up really amounting to anything then you can use that against him or if he's on a really good team you could say well the team would have done well without him so you're really restricting it to specifically a team that has to be like in the bubble and just must have amounted enough just for that player so it would have only been able to be a Matthew Kachuk type player I don't like that restriction that much so I more went off of okay which players do i think provided the most value to their team so i ended up going carlson at two i think he was we'll we'll talk about it later um but then yeah so i think he was the best defenseman and then i had mckinnon three uh kachuk four and then pasternak at at five josh if you want to keep talking about pasternak because i know uh kind of cut you off earlier there Oh no, it's all good. I was kind of just joking because I just had him too. I mean, I heart the heart one was the one I kind of did the quickest, as in I did the least research because I feel like at the end of the day, like the MVP is not something to be like, okay, who had the best expected goals for? Like I'm looking at like what the end result was, even if that end result was luck in the one season, right? Like someone got a bit lucky, got extra points, or helped their team a bit more with luck. It still was more valuable in that one season. Might not be, it might not predict next year, but it was more valuable. So I had Pasternak second because even though Boston was, I don't think anyone can deny they were like, I mean, they had the best regular season record of all time. Even throughout that, you look at how far ahead he was compared to everyone else on his team offensively. He had 61 goals. Next was Bergeron at 27, so more than twice as many. He had 113 points, and next was Marshawn at 67. And yeah, he missed games, uh, Marshawn, that is, but. Pasternak was also one of the only players who didn't miss a single game. That's pretty valuable in itself. So putting up 60-plus goals, 110-plus points on a team with no other point-per-game player, I think is super impressive. And, you know, you remove him, yeah, they're still a playoff team, but they're probably they're nowhere near um, like historic pace that they were on. So I had him second, but I, I can see any argument for him in the top five. Adam didn't have him in the top five. I think that I disagree with that, but... I could see him down at five. To be fair, yeah, to be fair, I barely had him at five. It took a lot of of pain for me to leave off Jason Robertson because I love that guy. And I like another thing to say, I didn't have Dreisaitl on there, who I know, I think, yeah, only you had on Josh, I guess. I, I kind of yeah. was surprised. I thought maybe both of you would. But anyway, we'll let Adam go off on... Uh, I think he had one of the more interesting selections oh, here. I, interesting is one one word for it. Uh, so I had listen. I see Mc- the argument. So go off. Yeah. So I had McDavid first, obviously. So I think the rest of my ballot could have been put in any order, in my opinion. Like I kind of just assigned them random numbers, and I found it difficult to like rank them two to five. But it's pretty, in my opinion, kind of interchangeable. Um, so I have Matthew Kachuk second and i have jason robertson third those guys are very interchangeable because my rationale would be the exact same for both of them jason robertson on the dallas stars had 109 points matthew kachuk on the florida panthers had 109 points both of those teams the next highest score was 78 so 
they were doing a lot of heavy lifting there. And I think in Matthew Kachuk's case, the reason that I would put him a little bit high, I put him above Robertson is because if he's not playing like that, they are not in the playoffs and they are not doing what they're doing right now. So in terms of most it, valuable to your team, I think it's you can make the argument at least that Kachuk's points are way more valuable to the Panthers than another team's higher scorer points would be to their team. What do you want to say there, Josh? I know you're itching to get Well, you're talking about the point discrepancy, but the one on Boston is 15 points more than the other two guys you just mentioned. But so you're talking about for Pasternak? Yeah, because you said 109 and 78, right? It was 113 and 67 on, I'm, on Boston. I would say, the thing that I'd say to that is that if, if you know, I think Boston, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not very good at hockey, I don't think. But I just think of, like, Boston as, like, a really good team anyways. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. it's Pasternak, and he's great. But if you take away, pa- like, let's say Pasternak only gets point per game, they're still unreal. They're still really, really good. They have a lot of other guys that are doing stuff, too. So I guess that's where I would go with that. But anyway, that's why I have Kachuk and Robertson there. Uh, fourth, enough. I put, who did I put? Fourth. Oh, yeah, Carlson. Fourth, I put Carlson because... Well, Louis I'm happy we all it. had him there. Yeah, it would be weird. Yeah. Anyway, so my my fifth person, I think, got the most heat from from my fellow Zoobcasters here, but I will stand by it. Uh, I I have Ilya Sorokin fifth, uh, the Islanders goalie, because I can guarantee you right now that if Ilya Sorokin is not the Islanders goalie, they might be a bottom four or five team in the league. Because he was unreal. And everybody who watches hockey knows that the Islanders are so painful. We talk about it all the time. Josh especially actually talks about it all Josh the time. Josh hates like, the Islanders. Oh, my hates God. Hates the Islanders. Hates the, hates the Islanders. And they would be so bad if it weren't for this world-class goalie that they've put. So in terms of this, I think, has like the most value to your team aspect to it. Because... If you're putting a league average goalie on the island, they're ter- they are terrible. So I mean, I think Varlamov, his record was not that much worse than Sorokin's. Smaller sample. Yeah, he's eleven nine and two, so probably enough to squeak into the playoffs at that like pace. But but it's I don't know. I think Sorokin. You're also like real. Sorokin being good subjects us to more Islanders games. So that's to me <laughs> removes. <laughs> so oh so, so okay. he's, also, he's also someone who like, um, from what I've seen, like now I don't like watch goalies and like give a scouting report, but Same. he gives up a ton of rebounds, which means that it's it's like the reverse Brady Kachuk, where he gets so many rebounds, stuff in pads, he, he expected goals pads. Sorokin's the opposite; he gives up so many rebounds that they get stuffed into his pads again and he's getting like goal save above expected for shots that he should have just covered in the first place. That's fate good to me. Well, I guess I didn't account for that on my even, ballot. Well, Josh, even when you adjust, like you do flurry adjustments for that, he's still, they don't adjust very highly. Enough, no, I know they don't. I know. I agree. I agree. They don't adjust enough, but it's still like stellar. Is what so I mean. let's like it's you know, a hard time getting me to say something positive about the New York Islanders. Okay, yeah, I know. This is a point. So let's just let's roll down <laughs> what the final rankings were for our heart. Like, let's just go down the list. So first, we would have McDavid yeah. with thirty points. Uh, Matthew Kachuk is second with fifteen. Carlson is third with eleven. Pasternak is fourth with eight. McKinnon and Robertson are tied for fifth with five points. Funny enough, uh, Drysital has three and Sorokin has my my one my one point uh so we will move on quickly here to the next award which is the Norris and I mean if you can't tell by who we had on our heart ballot uh Eric Carlson is the unanimous winner from this he got the first point or the first place vote from all of us so he's got 30 points now it gets really interesting here Uh, Louis I'm gonna have to put you on the spot because the Second place, so go, we're just going to go down the list here. Carlson is first. Second place is Kale McCarr. Me and Josh both put Kale McCarr third on our ballots. And Lewis left him off entirely. So, Louis, the, the, the floor is yours here, uh, big man. I knew, okay, listen, I knew I'd have to face some pushback for this. But the, there's, there's, the big point for me is 
Kale McCarr only played 60 games this year. I, if he plays, like, in the games he played, I'd, I'd agree he'd still be... I actually probably would have him two on my ballot. If he played the full season? If he played, or if he even even played, like, ten more games or whatever. The thing is, I looked at it as... I don't think that he played enough to surpass the value brought by all the other defensemen. And, like, he was even getting to the point where I had other... There's, there's just so many good defensemen that I was considering for the Norris here that Makar missing 22 games kind of just took him out of the running for me. I kind of looked at it as the... I know the I don't know if they've implemented this already. Again, we're going back to the NBA. But is it starting this year or next year? Or did it Was it already before where they implemented the 65-game rule for an award? I don't I know, know if you guys know of this. Okay. But anyway, I kind of took that mentality, and I was like, I don't think he played enough to surpass the other guys. Um, but I will, I will flip this on you guys and say I had Adam Fox at two on my ballot, and he mm. was completely snubbed by both of you. He uh, had over seventy points. Okay, well, because <laughs> like, I'd say he's just there. <laughs> okay. What do you mean he's just there? I'd argue he's a top three defenseman no, 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 in the no. league, generally. I mean, he's just there. Like I forgot about him because, like, oh. he's just there. <laughs> like he just exists. I, I, I'm not saying he was just average. Yeah, I'm like I don't even think of it. Like if you're if you're making me think like oh who are the best defensemen in the league, I'll think of him eventually. But if I if you're like give me three good defensemen, go. I don't think of Adam Fox. And admittedly, I made these rankings while at work, so I wasn't in the best headspace. Even though I did do research on some of these, I didn't think of Adam Fox. I didn't think of him. Now, if we go back and redo the rankings, do I put him in there? Yeah, probably. But would you have a second? It's too late for that. No, I think Dougie Hamilton was really good. Who is who I had second, mm-hmm. and I had Fox. Uh, sorry, I had McCarr third. I think I would put him fo- Fox four. Yeah, four, one, four, I would. I would probably have also put him in there if I had a brain. To be completely honest yeah. with you, but but, but he would not have won. So that's why matter. we're not in the professional hockey writers association yeah. picking <laughs> the awards. <laughs> so well, some, Siasco, some of the people in there do the same thing. So yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> so this is a bit warped. Uh, Adam Fox is technically fourth on our Norris rankings because based on my second vote alone. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to assume he'd be higher. Um, but yeah, so Dougie Hamilton is third. Josh had him two. Louis and I both had him fifth. Um, do you want to talk about why you had him so high, or, or do you not care enough to do that? Uh, I just think he was really good. I mean, he was playing. He was the best defenseman on maybe the second best. Would you say second best team in the league? And he put up seventy four points, which is really good considering the style of game he played. Now, I'm not like, I'm not gonna say he's like the best shutdown defenseman in the league, but I think what he does offensively on a team that is a bit defensive minded is was pretty good. And I did not want to just put Makar top two because, like, like Louis said, like I still had him in my top three, but he probably would have been one or two if he played eighty-two games. So I was like, that drops him one spot and not six, yeah, or five. So Dougie Hamilton is third. Uh, Adam Fox is uh, tied with. Okay, so Adam Fox in our <laughs> ballot is tied with Josh Morrissey who I put second, I would like to defend this by saying I made it a priority when making my ballot to just get the five names down and not focus on the order. I then sent this ballot to Lewis, not having finalized the order for any of my uh-huh. ballots. Uh-huh. So in a, in a real redo of this, I would still have Josh Morrissey on my list, but he would probably be fifth. And You'd have him above right Fox now, on a redo? What'd you say? You'd have him above Fox on a redo of your ballot? Well, using the players that I have here, I can't really say oh, okay. that. But okay. I, uh, I would probably have him fifth. Uh, if, if, I, if we were completely redoing that, yeah, I'd probably put Fox in for him. But what are you going to do? I suck. So Josh Morrissey... But, but to be fair to Josh Morrissey, he was tied for seconded points this year among D-men. He had 76 points. And, you know, Winnipeg doesn't get any love. How many of those are on the power play? I don't care. Uh, Point's a point. 
Oh, we're going to get into some PP merchant uh, conversations later anyway, Josh. So I think yeah, we can save it for had, that. He actually, had less, he actually had less power play points than Adam Fox. Put it that way. Oh, so no. I made the Leave right it decision. at that. I made the right decision. Anyway. We'll anyway, that's our final. Josh, I, I, by the way, yeah, go keep going. I was just going to say, Josh Morrissey is, is tied with Adam Fox for fourth. The next player on our list is Rasmus Dalid, who Lewis had third and Josh had fifth. That's a good, good solid candidate to put on your Norris, I think. He had a great year. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes is up there tied with... No, he's, he's three points. Dalid had six. Quinn Hughes has three because Louis put him fourth. Uh, I put Brandon Montour fourth on my ballot, and Josh put Mackenzie Weger fourth on his ballot. So there's there's some discrepancy in the in the Norris. Had to please the boomers. Had to please I will people say, just like I like the Uyghur pick. I think he wasn't. He was one of the. I know, like his point totals weren't great and all that stuff, but he was very impressive. Probably top two DFD. Yeah, top three sure. DFD, and he's a good transitional defenseman too. Yeah, there's no points, but yes, he does everything else insane. So he doesn't pop off in stats, but yeah. Quinn Hughes got a a fourth place vote from Lewis. He was tied actually with Josh Morrissey for for points and was second. So he sure had a lot of power play points. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm. This is going to be the one argument Josh is going to come back with every time. Only three points behind Quinn Hughes was Brandon Montour, by the way. So he's on there for me. I thought it was cool. Put him on there. He's a good story for the the Panthers. He's a prime candidate. And I have nothing against him. I just think he's a prime candidate for like the Jonathan Huberto of 2024. Like oh, his just points are getting cut in Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a yearly award. So uh, he'll yeah. have his praise this year and he'll suck next year. So that's okay. So just to recap the Norris, it's Carlson, Makar, Hamilton is the top three, followed by Fox, Morrissey, Dulene, Quinn Hughes, Brandon Montour, and Mackenzie Weger. We'll move on to the next award, which is the Selkie, which is. For someone like me who watches primarily only the Sens and no other team, a really hard award to try to put people on uh, because I kind of have no idea what's going on in the rest of the league. But but miraculously enough, we actually all had the consensus again winner with 30 points is Bergeron, which isn't really a surprise, I guess, in the sense that he's there every year. Um, so Patrice Bergeron is our winner. We all had him first. So th- this, I find this second place, again, I'm going to pin this on Louis because this is kind of interesting too. Josh and I both had Nico Heischer at second and Louis has omitted him entirely from, uh, his ballot. So could you please give an explanation on that? Sir Lewis. I just find it kind of funny how out of nowhere, Nico Heischer is the Selkie. I know he's good defensively, but I don't see the Selkie part. Like, sure, he's very responsible in the sense that he doesn't, like, he manages the puck very well in his own zone. He has good quality suppression numbers, but nothing insane. Like, I think I probably would have him around 10-ish or something on oh. mine. But I just saw Goodness other guys. So he's not even close well, Maybe a little higher. The thing is, like, I, the, all the guys that I had... Above him, I just saw as like a clear cut above him. Josh, I'm surprised you had him up there. What was your like? I, I, I feel like I expected better from you. No, I'm kidding. Wow. But, um, <laughs> wow. What was what was your rational? Because I feel That's like we missed both so of us at here, the same time. I'll give you a quick rundown. I completely, by the way, I banned any Carolina Hurricanes from my list because I think you take any single one of those. I almost put Kakanyemi on there, by the way. Or no, I had Jordan Stahl four, and I was like, wait, Jordan Stahl and any other team in the league, he's still good defensively, but he's not a Selkie ballot, you know? I don't so think, I yeah, I don't think to preface, no Hurricanes players ended up getting any votes in the Selkie anyway. Yeah, but yes. which I think is good. Yeah. I had Jordan Stahl because of how much he played the PK, how good he was at five on five. He's still like, I still value in the Selkie, like, you know, D-zone physicality and stuff like that. So putting that all together, I was like, that's really impressive. But yeah. Yeah, but then I said no. You know what? Never mind. But Heishier, yeah, I he was really good. He played, and it's not like he was playing, you know, on the third or fourth line. So his defensive numbers, if we're going by That's expected true. goals against, I think he was he was probably around the top. I want to say probably top twenty among forwards who played, you know, at least a respectable sample size. Let's say 700, 800 minutes in the season. 
So you put that together with the fact that he's, you know, I, I don't just want to take only all defense guys. You want guys who are also putting in work offensively. Like I almost put Elias Pettersson on my ballot, but I didn't. I did. So yeah, Louis had him for Yes, you did. And that's, and uh, if you can talk about it more if you want. I almost did, but he's here. Yeah. And then Howard. Yeah. If you want to talk about Pettersson, because wow. we can talk about the other. Let's go. Let's go had. to the next guy on the list here. We had he So he is second because Josh and I both had him second. Michael Backlund is third. Lewis had him second. I put him third. Josh, you omitted Michael Backlund from your bracket. Ooh. Or from your ballot, I should say. I just didn't even, like, think of... I mean, was he that good defensively? Yes. In every sense. Suppressing quality, quantity, getting pucks in the defensive zone, breaking it out, not turning it over. Conversation, isn't he, Backlund? And he was just... He was really good. Like, if you want to talk to guys who bring offensive prowess, too, like, he still had, like, almost 20 goals... Over 50 points, almost 60 this year on a really struggling Calgary team. Played a lot of PK minutes. Played like around 75th percentile in the league in terms of 5-on-5 time on ice too. And played against some really tough quality of competition and was getting some average to poor zone starts. So I I thought he was a pretty prime candidate. The zone start is definitely... He had more O-zone starts than D-zone starts. Ah. By the way. Okay. Ah. Um, and he was right there with he was right there with Toffoli who had similar like you know it was kind of a line thing to me where where, you know both those guys on that line had very similar numbers for the exact numbers Backlund had 2.2 XGA per 60 and Toffoli had 2.21 so pretty close we will move on to our fourth so the the top three there is Bergeron, Heischer, Backlund uh, I'm we so all sad had... this guy didn't make it. Oh. Yeah, we all had Sam Yeah, Rodgers. I could have put him higher. I guess I'm the one who sabotaged this because Lewis Absolutely and Josh did. had Sam Reinhardt third. I put him fifth, once again, putting names down. No idea where they're supposed to go. So that tanked it. So he's one point behind Backlund. I think it's fair to say he could probably be considered third. Uh, Sam Reinhardt is fourth. He has 11 points. Uh, do you want to talk about Pedersen here, Louis? You have him fourth on your ballot. Oh, hell yeah. So I I love how Pedersen played this year. It's just because there was, I think, last year and maybe even the year before, because he had, he had gotten like point per game seasons before. And it was like, eh, you know, what's going to happen? Vancouver, like he was maybe not trending down, but really stabilizing and maybe even looking like he would come back down to earth a little. And then Vancouver, this whole state of their team was just terrible. Um, true. And it still kind of is. Um, but Patterson was just incredible this year. He was playing the quality of teammates that I have on here for his stuff is, uh, fairly low, which makes sense against goes with his team. Uh, but he played a very compatible style of game for his line mates suppressed at a very high quality. Again, given his incredible skating and talent, he was able to break it out a lot to help his team. And you want to talk about coupling it with a lot of offensive prowess. He had over a hundred points this year and almost 40 goals. So it was pretty impressive what he was able to do. And another thing, I guess, I, I don't know how many people value it that much, but I have him as his, his penalty differential per 60 is through the roof, which I think kind of helps in terms of playing a clean game to help yourself defensively in a way. There you go. Mark, or uh, Elias Peterson, fourth for Louis. You want to talk about your I think we should talk about okay, your... Josh? I will, but I think you should talk about yours because I don't understand that. Yeah, well, I think, I, I don't know. I kind of put him on there because he seemed like a guy that would be a <laughs> Selkie nominee. <laughs> Bart, Marner, you could have put Marner. He was actually a finalist. I, I didn't have it in my heart to put Marner. Me neither. I, <laughs> yeah, me neither. I won't lie to you. I, I really... Go on. I was going to say, my number four, I had to put here for a couple of reasons. One, he did this while scoring. How many goals? Did he score 40 goals this year? Or just 35? Either way, he scored a lot of goals. Jared he, he scored 40. He did score 40. Yeah. Okay, so this guy yeah. scored 40. He was 32nd among forwards with at least 500 minutes in expected goals against. I know it's not the only stat, but point is, he suppressed quality well. He suppressed quantity really well. 50 Corsi against 60. But what impressed me most, he only played 80 minutes on the PK, which is still over a minute a game. I mean, he played it's over, games, like, so. over the 50th percent for like threshold yeah so so he basically was on the second pk if you think about it that way yeah he 
was the only player with at least 50 minutes. So it, it's a decent cutoff. It's not just his number and higher. Like it's a pretty, you know, respectable cutoff. The only player in the league who did not get outscored on the penalty kill. Four goals for, four goals against. And I think wow. that is absurd. Yeah, that's a good stat. There were players close. McDavid was at eight goals for, nine goals against. The Jalen Chatfield, I think it was, has like four and five. But he was the only <laughs> one not below 50%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think um, one of Boston's depth guys was one goal below a 50%. But point is, he wasn't. And it's like, nobody really thinks of him as like this defensive god. No. I wonder, you know, he was a Toronto Maple Leaf for about two days. Yep. He would have oh, been yeah. really good for them in the playoffs. But anyways, I thought he deserved some love. I didn't think he deserved a ballot. It's just like, I don't think I've ever seen someone with that much PK time not get outscored on it. Fair point. I like the pick. So the, the fun, I think my favorite part about the Selkie is that some of the finalists are always like these guys that you just would never expect to like win an award in the NHL. Like you're just looking through the Selkie ballot and you're like, oh my God. And so I got Roddick Fox at five. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at here. Josh, you've put Radic Faxa fifth. Louis Louis put um Eric Sinek fifth, but he's not really like a de- like people know him a little bit more. I okay. I oh, I, I, I really wanted to put Zemgus Gergensons on here. Yeah. Oh thought, yeah. you know what? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not oh. gonna do it. Shame. But I was really hoping one of you guys might, but I unfortunately Josh, you defend, I uh, Radic Faxa. Yeah, I mean, you you say he's a depth guy, but he still played a decent amount of, like per game at 5-on-5. Five five. It's not like he was just playing seven minutes a game, 5v5, five five, and nothing was happening. Expected goal... Uh, again, I'm bringing this back up. Expected goals against fourth in the league. In fact, the only ones higher are two Carolina Hurricanes that I don't have to name, because there's no point. Stefan Nason is number one, by the way. I will name him. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways... Goals against per 60, 1.5. So 1.5 goals against per 60 means he's playing 12 minutes a game at 5-on-5. Five five. He's only giving up a goal at 5-on-5. Five five. What is that? Every four games? I may have just forgotten that, how to do math. That's like five, crazy good. It, it, I don't remember five. the number that you said. <laughs> Numbers are weird. Let's keep going. Let's go, right. off. go. Um. Anyways, he's giving up 1.5 goals every five games. That's what it is. So, yeah, that's fifth best in the league. Only guys higher, a couple guys on Boston, Carolina. So, like, you can't even count that. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really count. (laughs) Whereas he's just a lot better than every single other player on his team. And I think that's what stands out to me. It's not like a system thing. He's just, you throw him out there against, you you know, when you want to shut it down. He's that guy, that 3C who you you just put on the ice. So, he deserved no ballot, but discussion on the podcast. Who doesn't want to be discussed on the Zoomcast? (laughs) <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent point uh so let's just recap the uh this, this ballot here for the selkie it's bergeron heischer backland is the top three followed by reinhardt Pedersen, barkoff mccann erickson and faxa in our selkie ballot we will move on to the calder and we this one was really honestly pretty good like there was only one i'd say real outlier in this and it comes from josh's fifth guy who we'll get into uh so, right off the bat, Matty Beniers is the winner. Everyone got him first. I don't think there was even much competition there. Like, that was pretty easy. Yeah. Fourth uh, straight unanimous pick, by the way. Yeah, goals. Moving forward after this, it's it's going to change. But <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're going to try to rip through this one quickly because I know these awards are taking some time on each one, and this one's not that bad. So, the Beniers goes first. We uh, it's, it's the Zoobcast. Jake Sanderson is second. So, Louie and I put him third. Josh put him second. Go on the list. You want to say something? I was just about to say, like, I, I kind of forgot. Sorry, I misread the chart completely. Uh, but, like, again, only one of us had him second. And none yeah. of us, you know, obviously put him first because we had Beniers there. But it's, I do agree. I was getting into, I think I was talking to Bosti or something on Twitter because someone had brought up that, you know, power should definitely be up there. And we could talk about that, like, very soon. Um, but every, just... Every stat that I look at is just, I feel like Sanderson did have the more impactful season. Like, power was, in terms of his, like, creation for himself and all that stuff, just wasn't there at all this year. He was a very good passer, don't get me wrong, pretty good in transition. But Sanderson was the same, too. He was also, like, 
you know, staple to Travis Hamanick, which is not the best no. at all. Um, but I don't know. He, he just seemed, good. yeah, he did. He did very, very well, and he, as a result, he had some pretty tough competition that he was able to overcome. And I just feel like his case is better than than Powers. I know we're in the minority here, and I know we're Sens fans, so it's it's definitely cutting our. Yeah, yeah, but I I still I truly believe that Sanderson did have a better a better season than Power this year. There you go. So no argument. Yep, no argument for me either. So Sanderson goes second. Third is Matias Bacelli from the Arizona Coyotes. So one fact about Matias Bacelli is that uh, obviously Matty Beniers had fifty seven points. That's best among rookies. Matias Bacelli was second on the Arizona Coyotes, and he only played sixty four games. And so he was clicking at about. Little under point, point seven, yeah, like about point seven five, like three quarters of a point per game. So he is our second place. I actually had him second on my ballot. Um, Louis, you had him fifth. Josh, you had him fourth. Which, by the way, <laughs> defensive impact. He by is the way. tied. He's tied with power, but I think Louis put him ahead because he got the highest vote. That was my yeah, guess. So it yes. Yeah. That's a good point. But so if, you it, if you want to go by like average, what would the average be? It's pretty close. But Michelli also got a lower vote than Power did. So it kind of like evens out. For those one you know, like they, they basically tied. We just gave him the tie. They tied, yeah. So so Power gets fourth tie slash third. He's he had a fourth place vote from Louie and I. Josh put him third. Uh Oilers goalie Stuart Skinner is on the list. He is the fifth. He comes fifth. Louie had him second. I had him fifth. Josh, you omitted Stuart Skinner for Jordan Harris. Please, we explain. were so close to having the same five guys. <laughs> yeah, we were. But um, Jordan Harris. Okay, well, Jordan Harris. My reasoning for him, his advanced numbers were good. I just saw one chart and it looked good. I was like, you know what? Let me include him. How old is Jordan Harris? Oh, here we go. Like twenty. Oh yeah, <laughs> twenty-two. Oh, I'm gonna have to 22. explain this. I like that, oh, of course. All right, and then. So Jordan Harris, I mean, nobody on Montreal has uh, more than 50% ozone starts because they're never in the offensive zone. But he had a decent amount of D-zone starts. He still was third on, second among D-men in expected goals. Only guy better was Jonathan Kovacevic, who's just a little too old for my liking. Uh, that, yeah, that's about, yeah. Anyways, uh, Stuart Skinner was not on my ballot because he is just, again, too old for me. You know, uh, he's your, turning, what, what is it? Yeah, he's not in my age range. I think he's, is it 25 he's turning in uh, November? A little old. A little old for me, and I just don't like goalies very much. Louis, you put him second on your ballot. You really put a lot of stock into regular season Stuart Skinner there? Well, for, okay, first of all, regular season part evidently, because let's yes, just make that it is clear. How awards work. All yeah. of it. So we'll, we'll, get yeah. into, we'll get into the Vesna soon, and that will also factor into that. But... Also, let's yeah. say he's 24. Let's not say he will turn 25. He's 24. Josh is just trying to make him sound older than he is. Let's be honest here. Well, I, he's in his age 25 year this year. Like, he's turning 25 this year. That's kind of why I said it. And I yeah, specified yeah, yeah. November. I could have I could have said he's turning 25. I know. That would have sounded anyway, better. So he's 24. Um, he stepped in and became basically a, a very good goalie i had him at around 0.6 goal saved above a replacement per game if he was facing average shot conditions in a game uh which ranks him around like 78th percentile in the league this year and doing that as a rookie and for basically being because jack campbell just completely crumbled apart uh basically being the starter for what was one of the best teams in the league this year as a rookie, is just I, I feel is very impressive, which is why I kind of allotted him as much respect as I did, and I placed him second. That's that's basically my reasoning for that. So so Stuart Skinner is second on Louis Ballot. I put him fifth. Josh put Jordan Harris instead of Stuart Skinner. So the final Calder tally is Beneers first, Sanderson is second, Michelli and Power tie for third, Stuart Skinner is fifth, and Jordan Harris gets one fifth place vote. He is getting in there at sixth. We'll go to the Vesna here, which also does not have a lot of discrepancy. Uh, our, so this is not a consensus winner, ladies and gentlemen. We have a non-consensus winner. Louis and I put Linus Allmark first on our ballot. Josh put him second and had UC Soros, who has obviously did not make the playoffs this year, first. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory why Linus Allmark... 
Yeah, you could go on there, Josh. Why Saros first? Allmark right. was oh, well. I was gonna say Allmark was very good. I had Allmark two, right? Yes, yeah, you I, did. Or yeah, I did. I still had him very high. Um, look, he was ever to me ever so slightly better. Per, like in each game, let's just say you put one versus one, he was probably just slightly better. But Saros played sixty four games, which. Is probably the most. The only guy who may have been up there is Hellebuck. Um, they, yeah, yeah, they were tied for most games. So to do that, he saved 47 goals above expected this year, which was more than Ulmark by five because while his per game was a bit lower, he just played 15 more games than Ulmark. And I think doing it, I'm assuming he played a couple back-to-backs because the Predators probably did that. Like, to me, that's insanely impressive. And, you know, Boston was able to rely a bit on Swayman, a bit more than Sara... Um, the Preds were able to rely on, I believe, was it Kevin Lankinen for backup? So yeah, probably. To me, yeah, to me, it's more impressive. Like that, playing that many games and staying good all year, being that consistent, to me is that that was good to me. And he doesn't play be like what them situations. Who do you think has a better year? Yeah, Saros yeah. or Omar? Right. I feel like Saros in front it's of that really... defense. Well, yeah, no, I, I see your point. And I mean, to further your narrative, too, uh, back on what you said about him playing back-to-back games, Saros played some of the... His percentage of games being, like, rested was some of the lowest in the league. So, yeah. excellent point. And also, I mentioned this earlier when we were texting, but uh, I, I've, I'm pretty sure I've brought up the stolen games stat that I, that I track, which yep. is basically how many times a goalie... Uh, saves more goals above expected than the team's winning differential, not counting uh, empty netters. Saro saved or stole 13 games for the Preds this year, which is crazy. Like that's crazy. Double what the next best goalie in the league was. Just insane. The I, thing I will I, say I... is Allmark's consistency game by game, and Saros was was good too, but Allmark's consistency game by game to always be good or better was just insane and just. Put I think it over the top for me. If Nashville makes the playoffs, if they get four more points, maybe three, I don't know if they had the tiebreaker. Probably not. I think Saros might be an MVP finalist. Maybe, if I not fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like you said, stole 13 games. Did you see their forward core for the last entire half of the it season? Was so they traded funny. away their oh second bestie. They, they sold everyone. Yeah, they got Tyson Berry, but that may have Tommy Novak, them. baby. Tommy Novak. Oh, yeah. Tommy Novak carried them there. But, yeah, yeah, 33, 23, and 7, like, it doesn't pop out at you, but when you look at, wh- wh- where do they finish in goals for? They finished 28th in goals for, and he was still carrying them yeah. to well above 500. They were in contention until, you know, two games left when nobody, everyone thought they had given up 40, 50 games in. So it's an apt argument. Market. Yeah, there you go. So Josh, I think, makes a fair case for putting Saros first. Uh, but he's going to finish second in our ballot because Allmark has 27 points. Saros has 22. Josh put him first. Louis put him second. I put him third uh, in favor of Ilya Sorokin, who is our third place uh, winner. Josh and Louis both put him third. I put him second. Uh, I did put him third, Car- even though I said I don't like the Islanders. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everyone comes around. Uh, Connor Hallibuck is fourth. Louis and I both gave him a fourth place vote. Josh... Uh, gave him a fifth place vote in favor of Philip Gustafson, everyone's favorite former Ottawa senator, who Louis and I actually omitted off our ballot in favor of Igor Shosturkin, who we both gave a fifth it's, place vote. So go on, Josh. It's, just, it's, the games pl- it's the games played, I think, for both of you. Or you just yes. forgot, and Louis, it was games played. No, it, it was games played. What is My... That mean? What do you mean? Like, he, he only played 39 games. To, oh, okay. Warren, he didn't yeah, even play yeah. half the game, so I get it. But I thought, just thought he was so good in the games he played. I was like, he's not on my top three, so it's fine. I just want to give him some love. He was very good. Yeah. yeah. So Gustafson is, is, that is all. and and in our ball in our ballot, he actually finishes ahead of Shesterkin because a fourth place vote is worth three, and Shesterkin got two fifth place votes, which are worth one each. So he wins three to two. Um, but uh, he was so. left off of two of our ballots and put on only one. So Gustafson finishes ahead of Shesterkin. Allmark, Saros, Sorokin. Is the top three, Hellebuck, Gustafson, Shesterkin, also rounding out those top six in the bottom three Consensus there. We're, we're going to move three. on. Look at us. Yeah. The last, I will say, the last three. two two uh, awards, 
has the, there's been incredible consistency between our ballots. So we yeah. were on the same wavelength there way more than I thought we would at any point. So yeah, good for us, I guess. Uh, okay, this is now we are getting to the dumbest NHL award. This is the Lady Bing. I don't know about for, that. But. <laughs> oh, okay, the most gentlemanly NHL player uh, is the criteria for this award. Do I know? I, I think, I don't know. Anyway, I don't really, I think it's kind of a dumb award. But the, okay, so the way that, you know what? Let's just let's just read it. So so the the winner here is is uh, is Braden Point, who Louis and Josh both put first, and I had him fifth. I would like to say this is the one award that I did minimal research for, and my minimal cool. research included sorting by penalties taken and seeing who was good, who took like no penalties, and so. Great. What about Point? Yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he had a he had a fighting major in there. Seven pims. Seven yeah. pims. Do you know who had less than seven pims? Maddie Beneers had one penalty. I had him first on my ballot. Jack Hughes, I believe, had three penalties. I had him fourth. Anze Kopitar had out. one penalty. I had him second. Jack what Eichel, if... three penalties. I had him third. Jack Eichel missed like half the year. Um, Don't care. Here's my argument. What if Braden Point's fight was defending someone else? That's very gentlemanly. You're still punching it, it in the face. I don't. I think you talking it what out with your words. What if he deserved it? I still believe in talking it out with your words. Who did, who did he fight? I think that makes it. Who did he fight? Oh. Does anyone know? That's a that's valid. I who think, did he fight? What if it was against I, the Panthers and it was Mark or Eric Stahl? Okay, what if yeah, he fought like Tony D'Angelo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's do some. We're gonna do some on the fly research. Braden Point. He fought against San. Oh, it was Mikey AC Monty fought. Oh, I remember man. that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, that's tough. He's a teammate. Like, what if he fought just so that he could get his attention to bring him onto the team? That's true. They're teammates now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that takes away the penalty. Okay. Anyway, yeah. That's, uh, we, let's, just, let's just get through this stupid ballot. So, I, so, yeah. I mean, this doesn't matter. I was going to say, we can just go over the top three and explain. Like, I, and I think Louis did this a bit too, weighted our results by like the role the guy plays. Like Louis, okay, Louis had Jack Hughes. I didn't because Hughes just doesn't play a style of hockey that is going to take a lot of penalties. Yes, he was very low still, but it's the same with Veneers. Like they're just speedsters. They always have the puck. They're never, you know. I had, for example, and Louis had him too, Joe Pavelski on our thing because he had, I think, three penalties all year, but he's a power forward. Yeah. So only taking that many too. penalties. And, and I, I he had, so he had four. One was holding the stick and one was high sticking. So those are either accidents or not unsportsmanlike right like holding the stick yeah. is not an egregious penalty fair. so fair. considering how much he's around the net his hits like he had so many hits and he's not doing making you know illegal hits i, I had to have him on there i think yeah. the uh the, the, the weirdest one for me or at least the one that stands out the most in this ballot is is uh josh you put mark edward vlasic on your ballot yeah third. i haven't heard I that did. name in years yeah me neither i thought he was exactly washed. so he <laughs> is probably washed i have no clue but let me pull up the exact numbers for all of you. He didn't put up a lot of points this year. Can't even find it. He had 18 points. Doesn't matter. Um, sure okay, so he did have 16 penalty minutes, okay? So it sounds like a lot, but hear me out. He played 18 minutes a night for 78 games. 10 of those 16 were a misconduct he got after a game finished, and there was never any explanation as to why he got that that 10 minutes i couldn't find That's anything an online NHL so i'm just gonna moment. exactly i'm gonna guess it was almost like a, an error on the on the books okay he got three minor penalties all year as a dfd and i think that's that's why louis had slavin on there and i had him too at four when you're playing yeah, a yep. position and it's the same reason you know jake sanderson had five minor penalties all year and one was a delay of game he didn't even touch so he had four penalties all year that's insanely impressive for a 20 year old d-man so i thought yeah Classic's an all-out defensive guy, and he's somehow not taking those net front penalties, those interferences on the rush. I think that's really impressive. So I put him. I actually balloted him. I had him at third. Yeah. So I to to touch on Slavin, like yeah, I was really really close to put him to put him over at at one on my ballot, and I, I'm pretty sure I had him at one up until like maybe just a couple days ago. When I decided to switch it, basically the the way that I decided to do it for for this award is I like looked at all the players that took less than ten penalty minutes and over a certain amount of games, and then just basically ranked them by how good good of a season I thought they had. Um, 
But the fact that Slavin yeah, only took what? Yeah, basically the way Slavin only had four, four penalties or four minors, and yeah. all that while being one of the best checking defensive defensemen in the league. Like he's not uber physical, but the fact that he's able to defend the rush and like one of the best stick checkers in the league while basically not taking any penalties and being that good defensively is just mind blowing to me. Yep. So Jacob Slavin is, is third. We're just gonna let's just run through the ballot here. We'll move on to the last one because I think we've said all we need to say. So Braden Point wins this. He has 21 points. Matty Beniers is second. Uh, he has 18. Jacob Slavin is third. He got 10 points. Followed by fourth through sixth is Jack Hughes, Anze Kopitar, and Jack Eichel, which were my votes. And Louis had one for Hughes too. That's why he's the top of that group. Uh, Vlasic got a third place vote, and then Joe Pavelski rounds it out with a fourth and a fifth that- for four points. Go on. I will say one more thing. I just checked Slavin's four penalties, and I think that this would make me move him up to two on mine. Uh, two of his four penalties were puck over glass, so and the other two were tripping. Yeah. So he did zero. He committed zero malicious acts all season, in about thirteen. <laughs> zero minutes, probably acts. fifty. Probably fifteen hundred minutes that's a of nice stack. Time, maybe sixteen hundred. That's a, yeah. That's a good stack. Yeah, malicious, malicious acts for sixty. For 60. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Someone get on that. He's the leader. Uh, okay, last award. This is I don't believe this is actually an NHL award, but this is a no. uh, this is a Louis special. It's an we'll MLB it. award. I think yeah, NBA, NBA. We are we are going full Basketball NBA today. Yeah. It's NFL. crazy. Everything but the NHL has this, I think. So this is essentially our our we're making we're pushing for the NHL to to include this award. This is the no, most No, we're not award. because it is most, I'm not pushing for it because you just know the finalists are going to be goalies every year. It's going to get recycled. It's going to be which goalies had the best season. I don't know about that. See, well, let's, I don't know. Let's, let's go through what we had here. So first yeah. place is Vince Dunn, who Louis had second, Josh had first, and I just forgot he existed, so I didn't really put him on my ballot. I just didn't think of him. I found, uh, like, real talk, though. tightest ballot in terms of totals at the top, by the way. But, but, but real, real talk, I think this award is the hardest to make a Not ballot. Not even close. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you, you have to literally take into account every player in the league like the, like who relative and it's not just year. this season it's also last season right like hard yeah. is just who's best this year this is okay how bad do you think they were this year and how good do you think they were this year Combined, maybe even before that because then you, you have to yeah, weigh expectations and yeah is it just most improved player or is it comeback player right because then you can't yeah I, I know none of us put eric carlson but if you're looking year yeah. over year i guess you could have made an argument that. for carlson yeah same so it's a mix of that and also how much do you attribute to natural development um how much do you look at you know bouncing back from a couple seasons ago um and really for us specifically there's no real precedent for this so we don't have anything to base ourselves off of for the nhl so this was yeah there was some weird ones on here so so yeah and, and as louis said very tight at the top so vince dunn had 17 points he got a first place and a second place vote second place sends podcast timmy's up there stutzel is going to be our second place louis had him third we all had him third look at that we so we all yeah, put no one had him Stutzel's top third. two but no. he finished second but, but he finished second. but he finished second because we all gave him a vote and that is the only player that each of us put on oh. our oh, no. ballot nope no, there's one more. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. Okay. Yeah, there's one more. We'll, we'll get to him because that's kind of funny. Uh, he's the only skater that we all had on, uh, on our there ballot. Go. He's going to finish second. Uh, so, third place is Tage Thompson, who Louis put fourth. I put first and Josh admitted. I put Tage Thompson first because he's like the first guy that came to mind when I heard of most improved. Like, but it's, it's, it's because he. He had his breakout last year. That's why I didn't put him. Yeah, I know. Like, I kind of realized yeah, that after the but fact. But still, yeah. he still had an unreal a huge year. improvement, yeah, right? Like still going from yeah, a 47... Oh, my God. Here we go again. Like, he went hey, from hey, having, like... Go on, Josh. Sure. The game. Let's, let's no, hear no, this. No, no, sorry. I can't... Okay. If we're looking at the expected numbers, they improved a little bit. They improved a little bit, which is good. Buffalo also improved, though. So he kind of improved with the team. What I'll say is... He had his point totals at 5v5. I, I never like, oh, look, I'm not actually looking at point totals on the power play, but he was involved in over 80% of his team's goals. Like he got points on over 80% of his team's goals, which I think is just a bit unsustainably high. Like, I don't think he's going to come down and be a 40 point guy again. I just think it's probably closer to point per game. Whereas this year he was 
almost every goal he was on the ice for more than four to five he got a point on so that's kind of why but he's still insane and i just thought you know his breakout was last year so i'm not gonna put him on it this salad yeah but but like that that's the thing the way i looked at it is yes his breakout was last year and sure he got like mid 30s and goals and like 60 something points but then this year he like if you take away the injury he was almost on pace for 100 points 50 goals which is insane and Yes, his expected numbers are kind of the same, but the way that he was able to get those points too was just like highlight reel almost every other goal was just absolutely yeah, insane fair. to watch. His playmaking went to a complete other level, I feel. Like he went from what I had in my data, I had him at like around 30th percentile in the league last year to now like 80th, which is huge. You don't really see such big mm-hmm. jumps like that from season to season. Um, so that's why I had him pretty high up there. I will say this has nothing to do with my opinion or discrediting yours. I'm just saying this because it's crazy. He had a 73% ozone star percentage. That's in- incredible. And he that's, still had, yeah. um, he was break even in expected goals share 50.3%. Yeah. His defensive that's a little are interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's he's still huge. a good player. I mean, he's still the type of guy you want. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. still the type of guy you want in the, you know, you're down one and with 5 minutes left. I think yeah. you find, you see that in the playoffs, teams that don't have that player like Seattle maybe. I mean, they have McCann. They're just they don't have the player where it's like, "Hey, I need this guy on the ice with 5 minutes left." And I think even yeah. if it's bad defensively, you have that in Tage Thompson. So Tage Thompson gets third on our ballot uh with the votes from Louie and I. And Louie, so the fourth place is Ryan Nugent Hawkins, who Louie put first on his ballot, and me and Josh didn't even give him a vote. And I, I think, find that crazy. Yeah, I think looking back on it, because once again, like as I said before, it's so hard to just keep track of every player in the league and trying to put them on this kind of all-encompassing ballot. Uh, but uh, Ryan Nugent Hawkins, I, yeah, if I did it again, if I did it with proper research, I feel like I probably would put him on there, I, I think. But so you put him first, Louie. Do you want to talk about that maybe a little bit? Yeah, so again, I because we had never seen something like this before, I tried to develop some sort of stat to measure most improved or whatever, and I tried a bunch of different things, and every single one that I did had him first easily. And when I look at it, obviously he's, like he'd, he's never been a big producer. Last year, yeah. he had just only 11 goals and 50 points on the dot. And then this year, he more than doubled that, got to 104 and 37 goals, while also his expected goal numbers defensively were like a bit above average from what I have this year, whereas before they were like pretty poor. But also his with puck game defensively has really gone up, like in terms of helping breaking it out and everything. So his general play generally went up, which, which is a big plus, on top of his production going absolutely ballistic. Um, but I know I know Josh is going to bring up the PP Merchant argument. Oh yeah, um, this is the only one that I genuinely mean, and genuinely is why I left him off my ballot because he had how many points did he have? Hundred exactly on the, on the play. dot. Is it improvement or is he putting up sixty-two power play points because he's playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? <laughs> I'm not going to completely discredit his improvement to yeah. just that though. That's the thing because it's also that, defensive looking, game and just overall game his, too. That is fair, but he's had. Better, you know, shot share seasons. He's had better um, expected goal seasons. He's had better goals four per 60 seasons. This is at five on five. He's had better point per 60 seasons. This isn't even his best season at five on five. And I think if you're going to go bet most improved, it can't just be on the best power play in NHL history, which he is a part of, but he's not. points to 104, 11 goals to 37. This is at the age of 29 to 30. I don't know. I feel like that's... <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? Do you want to talk about power play merchant? You had Brandon Montour at two. Yeah, because here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> let me pull up the number while I'm explaining. Brandon Montour was just so bad before. Who expected this guy to even get to be on a power play, let alone be putting up 73 points on it? Or not on it, but overall. Yeah. I mean... Last yeah. year he was uh, he was seventy fifth percentile in power play ice time, just so you know. And okay. I'd argue that this year he was uh, actually even worse defensively than he was last year. Um, I don't care about his defense. 
Uh, oh, this oh award is so stupid. I, I for, if it makes you guys feel better, I put all mark second, which I think is kind of weird. But I just kind of felt like you're the top two that didn't get any votes from any of the other ones of us here. Yeah. So uh, okay. Then we all have Gustafson. Yeah. We so let's talk about Gustafson. We all put Philip Gustafson on our on our uh, ballot. I I added fourth, and Louis and Josh put him fifth. Uh, cause let's go. It's it's Gustafson, and that's funny. And he had a good year, and we like him still, even though he doesn't play for the team. Um, Cam Talbot, I'm so bad at you. Sorry. Oh, God, but, here we go again. <laughs> so Gustafson is going to... He racked up some votes. And then I, me and Josh both had Rasmus Dahlin on our most improved, which was kind of fun. He improved nice a lot. Little, yep, he improved. He was doing some improvement. You remember at the beginning of the year when he, was, he had, like, a goal in the first, like, six games? Yes, oh, like seven straight. I'm on all my fantasy teams, of course, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so we we gave Rasmus Lisa. So so the the final tally here is uh, Vince Dunn wins. Tim Stutzel is second. Tage Thompson is third, followed by Nugent Hawkins. Allmark is tied with Montour, and then Gustafson and Darlene are rounding it out uh, for the ballot for for most improved. So let's just recap our winners, our winners of the awards. And then we're going to call this episode done because it's been way too long and I'm tired. So the heart winner unanimously is Connor McDavid. The Norris winner unanimously is Eric Carlson. The Selkie winner unanimously is Patrice Bergeron. Uh, the Calder winner unanimously is Maddie Veneers. And then we don't get very unanimous anymore because the Vesna winner yeah, the, the Vesna winner is is Allmark, uh, who Louis and I had first, Josh had second. The Lady Bing winner is Braden Point, who Louis and Josh put first, and I didn't. And then the Most Improved Player Award goes to Vince Dunn, who wins. So there you go. Those are the first first annual Zoobcast NHL Awards, who which I'm sure we'll do again. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll learn from my mistake of doing no prep and maybe I'll do some prep next time. So anyway, the, the, this award show is done, but we do have, we do have another award show coming up probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the, the very infamous Zoobcast awards, which I'm excited for that'll, those those will come out soon. But as for, do you think one last question, do you think the NHL will do worse or better than our ballots? Oh, probably. Worse. Oh, I don't know. Probably worse. We're just that smart, right, guys? There you go. That's the answer <laughs> I, I was looking man, for. Define worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping you guys would, to be completely honest with you. But anyway, I uh, I think we're gonna leave it there. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this first annual Zoobcast NHL Awards. Hopefully, it's exactly what happens in the league, and we can say that we called it first. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, everybody. Peace.